Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. My name is Trevor Mueller. His is Jake Grant, and we are like Benson and Stabler. Nah, I don't got that one. Benson, Law and Order? Yeah. Okay. I liked SVU, man. That's that's the two that they're from. Is it's, it? Yeah, yeah. the SVU two characters. SVU was good. At first, I thought you were doing the Night Court song. I was like, dude, that's going way back. <laughs> Did you ever watch Night Court? No. That was a solid show. I uh what was it on in the daytime? No, it was like Nick at night, like pretty funny. Okay, well I'm gonna take your word for that because I'm definitely not gonna go back and watch those. Uh as you may know, I still have not watched Bloodsport, nor will I, so I do not listen to this you when you nothing do like Bloodsport, suggest- man. Yeah, I just don't listen to your suggestions. Yeah, we, we gotta thank our sponsors. So first we have Mercury Coffee. They're a uh local coffee roaster from Woodenville, Washington. They have eight east side locations. Um, they serve organic coffee the way that you like it. And of course they embrace people, foster relationships and spread love. One greeting, one connection and one relationship at a time. We also have farmer's insurance, Tammy Cotton. She is in charge of an office in Seattle and Friday Harbor. She does home, auto life, healthcare, get to a better state, state farm. So Jake, week one's in the books. We got a lot to talk about. We have the two deeps that are exactly the same. Um, What are your thoughts on week one? You know, if there's any positive that you could find from week one, from us not playing, if there's a silver lining in all of this, it's the fact that we have now film on Oregon State and we kind of know what they are and we kind of know that they're not to where we thought they were yet. And they don't have any on us. So, I mean – it's a reach. We all wanted football, but I'm trying to make the best out of a bad situation. I had uh, I saw a, a tweet, and I I, for, I I apologize whoever said it because I was going to give you credit for it on here. But they said, "Wow, it's really impressive to see Washington undefeated this late into November." Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when we got Cal Week One. Usually, you know. Hey, we got the culture. We got it. That's yeah. yeah. So, um, other than that, uh, a little disappointed in ASU. Yeah. Um, I, I texted you and Kayla Olin and Mike Martin and ASU, I think, believe was up 10 or 13. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, said, man, ASU is going to cover. And then as soon as I hit send, downward spiral injected it right into clay Helton's veins and mike was so mad at me yep he blamed it on me he said he was gonna slap me he was so mad at me he said he was gonna slap you that's what it was i wasn't paying attention <laughs> so um obviously you know uh, the two deeps are the same it's it's all the same washington obviously didn't get to play i was disappointed um the COVID protocols at, at Cal uh, seemed uh, pretty strict, um, which, you know, you want to err on the side of caution, but, uh, you know, one test, uh, one test of positive, nobody else seemed to be testing positive. Um, John Wilner's even kind of uh, said that they're probably not going to be able to play their season if they, uh, if they don't relocate somewhere else to play, which 
I mean, you're not going to see that happen at the college level. So uh, who knows what's going to happen with Cal's program here. Um, So we're going to shift our focus to uh, Oregon State. So, Jake, uh, we got to watch them uh, again. We picked them both. Both of us picked them to beat Washington State, and instead they suffered a 38-28 loss um, at Research Stadium in front of a regular crowd of nobody there. So uh, what are your thoughts on the game? Uh, The offense for Oregon State looked really efficient. Um, We kind of – we differ on the opinion of – Oh, what's his name? Sorry. Tristan Gebbia. Yeah, Gebbia. He threw over 70% completion percentage, in my opinion. That's a phenomenal game. I know that it's a lot of it. It's short dink and dunk. It was his first ever start for Oregon State. He had a pretty good game. He didn't have any turnovers. Where you see Oregon State really succeed is with Jamar Jefferson. Dude Mm -hmm. had a buck 20 with three touchdowns. That offense rolls through him. Um and if I'm Washington, if I'm the head coach of Washington, I'm, I'm planning my defense just to stop Jamar. Um, the dude is a freight train, and he carries that offense. And without that, that pass doesn't – Gebbia doesn't complete 70% of his passes without Jefferson getting 120 yards and three touchdowns. So if, if, I'm, if I'm Washington's defense, I'm really honing in on that running game. Yeah, and Jermon Jefferson, they were kind of talking about it a little bit on the air that uh, he absolutely owns uh, the Cougars. He's got, uh, I think, double-digit touchdowns against Washington State alone in his career. Right. And But if you look at it, and why I think it's deceiving is when the game was, you know, the, the first quarter of the game, obviously Tristan Gabia wasn't necessarily – sharp when they started and you know that could be his I mean it's his first start there at Oregon State um he was off he was he was missing player uh, throws that were open in my opinion and uh and then once Washington State was able to uh you know get some pressure on him on the run he was really really bad so I think that's part of it um, you look at Jamar Jefferson's numbers and you're really impressed. 21 carries for 120 yards, which you're thinking that's kind of what they need. Yeah. But what Oregon State's missing is if you take away Jamar Jefferson, well, I mean, combine Jamar Jefferson's with the other runs in the game, you end up with 24 carries. And yeah. for an Oregon State team that likes to run, that's not going to cut it. Yeah. Well, then that's playing catch up too. You know, exactly. they, they, were, they were down the entire game. So it's hard to run the ball a lot. When, when you're playing catch-up. Um, right. if, if Oregon State is down one score for into the third quarter, you're going to see a lot more touches for Jamar. Um, and and let's, not, let's, let's not lose sight of the fact that that's against a, a Washington State defense versus a, a University of Washington defense. Where right. we, you know, we, we, we technically do really good against, you know, usually do really good against the run. So, you know, especially with this new linebacking core, our hopes are really high for this defense, especially against the run, because that's kind of what our weak point was last year. And that's kind of an outlier versus seasons past where, you know, you had Ben Burkirvan and, and uh, Azeem Victor, where those guys were locking down rounds all the time. So we're looking to get back to that point and starting against Oregon state this week is a good stepping stone to get to that point. 
Right. And that's kind of one of my arguments about Gebbia is, uh, you know, Oregon State was down the entire game and they were having to throw. Washington State was allowing balls in front of them caught. And I think that's why you see an inflated stat line for him. Sure. Um, my takeaway from Gebbia in this game, and then we'll move over to the defense, is I think he's going to have a really, really tough day when it comes to trying to complete passes against a secondary that's uh, much superior to Washington State's. I, I 100% agree. There's, there's, no, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that our secondary is better than Washington State's. Now, here's the question. What are you more surprised about? Are you more surprised about how Oregon State's defense played? Or are you more surprised that a Washington State running back ended up with 147 yards? Um, I would say the first, because if there was going to be a Washington State running back that ended up with 140 yards, I would have thought it would have been Borgie. Right. You know, and, and for him not to play in Washington State still to be that efficient on the run is pretty impressive, really, in my it just, opinion. It just blows my mind that a Washington State, we're so used to them never running the ball in the air raid system to see Rolovich's yeah. um, run and shoot offense yeah. with uh, Dion McIntosh, who obviously is going to be the backup running back, have a really, really good game. And he showed a couple of plays where he showed some really, really good balance um, that kept him up and bounced him off of some uh, Beaver defenders that uh, looked like maybe they haven't done as much tackling due to some of the COVID protocols. Um, he looked really, really efficient. And then Jaden DeLora, obviously true freshman, had a very efficient game for, you know, after they took the lead, he had to just manage it and he made the throws he needed to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Oregon State had one turnover, um, but that was against the starting true freshman quarterback that had never played a collegiate snap in his life yeah in the end zone he was looking for a touchdown and and, and the yeah. guy made a good play yeah and it you know it, it, if i'm the coach of that team i'm saying take another shot yeah go oh, for absolutely. it you know keep that confidence just go for it um i don't know if our offense will score at the rate that you what you know wazoo's always does because they're generally a high scoring offense and i don't think that's going to change much but I don't think it's going to be a huge fall off to the amount that we score. But I do think our defense is going to be a heck of a lot better than theirs. So I, I think that's where you're going to see the battle. Now, my point earlier with Oregon State, them not getting to see any film on us, and then you know us getting to see film on them, that's that's beneficial for us. But at the same point, I think Washington State being able to play and playing well and getting another game and finding the rhythm with this new offense and these new players and this new head coach is definitely beneficial for them against us. And I think that's bad for us because any snaps that they can get as a team with the starting freshman quarterback is going to be beneficial. And, and that's where I think this is kind of a downturn for, for Washington with not being able to play. Right. And I mean, the cool thing about not being a coach or a player is we get to look ahead and, um, so, like, th I think you're right about the Washington State uh, issue. If this was if if this was a regular year and the Apple Cup was at the end of the season, I would say it really doesn't matter. But the Apple right. Cup's in two weeks, right? So, um, I, I think that there's some validity to that. Um, 
when it comes to Oregon State, the, the thing they will have that Washington won't is they will have valuable game minutes. And I think that's something that um, I'm not going to lose sleep over, but you can see it as an advantage that they actually got to knock the rust off and play. Yeah. Um, but looking at this Oregon State defense, uh, I'm not sure if Hamilcar Rashid was hurt or what he didn't play in as many snaps as I thought he would. And then he ended up, um, you know, he didn't really have a a huge impact on the day. He only had two tackles. Um, I just don't see this Oregon state defense. Their, their front seven uh, got pushed around a little bit uh, by Washington state. And we know uh, more than maybe the nation about how good and athletic this Washington offensive line is. I think you're going to see uh, a big day out of the running backs like Washington state did. And I think that's going to be one of those things that, you know, is Washington going to score 38 points maybe because I think they're going to want to, whoever their starting quarterback is they're they're going to want to get some reps, but I think they, you know, after they get a lead, they take the air out of the ball and just shove it down Oregon state's throat. Yeah, I agree. Um, we're starting a brand new quarterback and right. If we're up 10, well, you're going to want to be up more than that. If you're up 20 with five minutes to go, I don't, I don't think you're going to see Jimmy Lake pull that quarterback, especially if you know, we know who the starting quarterback is going to be all year. And if he's going to roll with that one starting quarterback, he's probably going to leave him out there. Game speed, you know, it's a brand new – I mean, with Eason, he already had starting – quarterback role before Georgia and he already had game reps you know first first string guys so whoever this new quarterback for for us whether it's going to be Sermon or Morris or whoever it's going to be you're going to see them play as much as physically possible this year because it's a shortened season and you're going to want them to have that game experience for next year yeah and one thing I would add to that about not taking out a guy or maybe even not taking the foot off the gas is um, I think style points are going to matter more in this COVID shortened season than in any other season, uh, because one of the tiebreakers that we could see very easily, especially with Washington losing a game and, and getting a no contest is they're going to look at uh, point differential and they're going to look at um, common opponents and how you, the, uh, the scores, the, the, point differential in those as well so i can see washington if they have the chance uh to maybe put it on oregon state a little bit uh, because really oregon state they were a team that i thought could maybe climb into that top three and of course they still can but man the defense didn't look great and the offense uh started to produce once the game was out of hand well and that was kind of i mean we talked about that last week is you know, with the Jonathan Smith-led, you know, uh, college football team, he's an offensive coordinator. You know that offense is going to be rolling a little bit versus that defense that has struggled over the last three years under Jonathan Smith. Nothing's really changed. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we know how to beat that, right? So, and, and Jimmy Lake's not new to this. It's, it's his defense. He still has his thumb on that defense, and I guarantee that they're going to be ready for that offense probably more so than Washington state was um, as far as the offense goes. That's my concern about this game is without this game experience so far, we're going to get those random couple of plays here and there that just look confusing. And like the sure. offense doesn't know what they're doing. 
And is there going to be enough of those to potentially lose this game for UW? I, I think it's going to be a pretty close game because of that. There's going to yeah, be a lot and, of cobwebs, man. You know, I, I hadn't really thought of that. I, I, I'm expecting stupid plays. I mean, it's it's been a long time since these guys have played a football game. We're coming up close to the guys in college. We're, we're not that far. We're closer to a year away from playing than – anything else i mean the last game they played was in december of 2019 we're in november of 2020 so i mean we're talking 11 months without full contact lights are on playing people that you you, that you're not used to playing and that could be an issue plus of course new head coach new offensive coordinator new quarterback new offensive line uh, you're probably right. There'd be some cobwebs. And I honestly, you know, giving that, I, I would be a lot more nervous if this was a week of Cal, but I think just because of the sheer athleticism and girth that Washington has up front, they'll be able to control the game. Do you think that there's going to be more cobwebs on the offensive side or the defensive side? Um, well, I guess cobwebs are going to be the defensive side just because they haven't, and it will do a ton of tackling. I think it's just going to be finding, like when you first ride a bike, you, you got to find your balance on offense with all those new moving pieces. Yeah, I guess I, I, I feel the opposite. I, this defense, most of these guys have gotten serious game time, sure. a, lot of, a lot of minutes played. The guys that don't, the Savelle Smalls of the world, they're freak athletes. Sure. They're going to go in and they're going to play football and they're going to rush the pass in and they're going to do their job. Mm-hmm. Offense, I, I think, is where you're going to see most of these cobwebs, where you're going to see a new quarterback and a new system that doesn't really have a grasp on things yet, hasn't taken control of a huddle yet. Um, play clock management, I think you're going to find a struggle there. And, uh, you know, breaking into a new offensive line. You know, there's a lot of guys yeah. returning. There's a couple of new spots, a couple of new guys. Um, the receiving core is pretty much intact, but – they haven't had the same quarterback for three years now. Yeah, that's true. And if you think of the guys who we talk about, they're coming back, they're veterans. They're, I mean, outside of Ty Jones, I, they're veterans compared to the other guys that are probably going to be in the rotation. But, I mean, we're talking limited playing time. And, yeah. uh, you know, especially Puka Nakua. Right. who has very, very little playing time, a ton of production during that time, and then Terrell Bynum, who really emerged in the second half of the year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I, it, and, and Puka is going to be your number one. So, right. you know, hopefully he's gotten a steady dose of balls his way over this shortened offseason. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think no better game. Like I said, it, we all wanted to see Cal. We all wanted to play Cal. Prior to that, we all wanted to play Michigan. But no better game to knock the cobwebs off than an Oregon State team that doesn't have the most prolific defense in the in the pack. So, you know, yeah, let's, you know let's what? find the positives in that, you know? Right. And if you want to look at it in a different, different way as well, and, um, you know, again, Oregon State could have figured it out by next week. Sure. But this is very much looking like a very easy way to start the season. You have Oregon State, you have Arizona, yeah. and then you play your rival 
in uh, Washington State, then you start to get more into the teeth of your your uh, your season. Um, with of course the crescendo being that Oregon game. Yeah, obviously, yeah, and that's the game that you want to tune up for, right? And Oregon looked the part against uh, against Stanford. They did. If if David Shaw decides to go for it a few more times, I think that's a closer game. But you know, David Shaw doesn't go it. for it. <laughs> man, oh man, four missed field goals. That uh, Jet Toner's got the coolest yeah. name hey. in, in college football, and right now one of the uh, smallest sizes of confidence. Those those four field goals hurt too, because that game would have been very close. By the time he had missed the fourth one, I think Stanford could have potentially held the held the lead. It was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was very close. And he he missed all of those by a lot. The one, if there were two uprights side yeah, yeah. by side, mm-hmm. he would have still missed. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. I can't believe he ran him out there again. I, I mean. <laughs> After that one miss, I would have been like, all right, kid, you don't got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Let's aim for that left, left upright this time. I guess so. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at with Oregon state. Obviously we know the players to watch still on defense. It's all Hamakar Rashid. That's the guy that, um, is going to make the plays. The secondary was supposed to be a little bit better. And, uh, I, I hate to say this, but honestly, I, I watched one play where a running back came around to the corner and the corner made a business decision to kind of sidestep and punch at the ball. And if we see that on this Saturday night, it's going to be a very, very long day for that Oregon defense. Especially especially if Richard Newton gets the edge. Exactly. (laughs) Richard Newton might punch at him. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that one. (laughs) So, Jake, I mean, at the end of this, uh, what do you think the score is going to be? I got Washington winning 31-24. I think it's going to be closer than we all think because of those cobwebs, because of those offensive cobwebs. I think we probably see a defensive score in here somewhere. Gebby is going to throw a pick six, uh, call him a shot right now. Um, But I think the offense late starts rolling a little bit. I think we have probably a 14-point lead. Oregon State scores a late touchdown to make it a competitive game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's very possible, and, and uh, I didn't take into account uh, late scores. I'm still going to stick with mine at 27-13. For more daily content, go to si.com slash college slash Washington, and our music is brought to you by Jacob Falkerson from the Other Side of It podcast. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>